this is Dave, and I'm here with Ethan, and together we are Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast, episode 23-inch. On this episode, we talk to comedian, Weird Al fan, and original host of HQ, Scott Rogowski. It's Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast. It's a podcast about Weird Al. It's Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast. Seriously, the whole podcast is about Weird Al. You don't have to listen, but we're glad you are. Can't say it enough, Dave. Our amazing theme song by the great Jim Kimo West. I love it. Yes, love Jim. Jim's got a new song out, Tropic Birds, coming out October 11th. That's this Friday. I can't yes. wait for it. He has released a little bit more info since last week. Instrumental slack key dedicated to his favorite bird, the Koakia. Yes, the white-tailed tropic bird. So that's great. I can't wait to check that out. And he's going on tour October 14th in Santa Barbara, Slackers in Paradise tour with Ken Emerson. I just wish that we were closer to those. (laughs) (laughs) He's got to move a little bit further east. I know, I know. Uh, They are so much fun when I get to go. Dave, it seems like Al waits until after our new episodes come out to release big news in the world of Weird Al. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 23 years after its release, finally, Bad Hair Day was officially certified double platinum by the RIAA. That's so amazing. And it's done just in time to commemorate our 23rd episode. Not a coincidence. Not a coincidence. Not at all. <laughs> So I didn't realize this, Dave. This is Al's first and only double platinum release. Yes, his only double platinum. Now, double platinum in the U.S. is 2 million sales. That's That's 2 million sales in the U.S. alone. That doesn't include Canada. That doesn't include Australia. It doesn't include any of the European Union. It's 2 million. That just blows (laughs) my mind. (laughs) You know, I was trying to do the math, and I want to know how many of those 2 million I bought. Because I have a lot of (laughs) copies of Bad Hair Day. (laughs) Because there's the three different CD arts and, you know, sometimes I'll buy a lot online and I'll just, you know, I'll get an extra one and, you know, one will have a crack so I get another case, you know. So I have a lot of them. So there's <laughs> there's at least a percentage of those between the two of us that we attributed to directly. <laughs> yeah, let's say we together have 20 copies of yeah. Bad Hair Day. <laughs> yeah. So what's that? That's 20 out of 2 million. <laughs> so let's see. That's 20 copies out of 2 million. Uh, you know, carry the three. Let's see. Divide by 27. Take Multiply. The square root of imaginary number. Ethan, this is 0.001%. We have 0.001% of all of the albums that have been sold. That's amazing, Dave. <laughs> Al, you are welcome. You are welcome. And we're expecting our double platinum record to show up in the mail any day now. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, October 3rd, 2019 is the official day, and this is actually Al's first double platinum album. Yes, his only album certified double platinum. He's got five other platinum albums. The other platinum records, of course, Weird Al Yankovic in 3D, Dare to be Stupid, even worse, Off the Deep End, and Running with Scissors. And four gold records. And then the gold records are Weird Al Yankovic, Al Palooza, Straight Outta Linwood, and the only compilation, the Food Album. All right, so which album are we going going to get double platinum next oh well i think mr lawrence would love it if we got the food album to be double platinum (laughs) we gotta get that platinum first (laughs) okay okay (laughs) i gotta own at least six or seven copies of the food album yeah (laughs) okay so 
I think that your vote is going to be for off the deep end and my vote is going to be for running with scissors for the next double platinum. (laughs) (laughs) Well, off the deep end's been around a little bit longer. I think that might have a better chance. But running with scissors, it is the one Uh, with the saga begins. It's and Albuquerque. So it's tough. I mean, I would also think in 3D should be up there. I think all of them should be double platinum if you're going to ask me. I would love to know the numbers. Like, if we were like a hundred away, would you be willing to go in with me to buy a hundred more albums just to knock it over <laughs> to double platinum? What would I do with a hundred albums of even worse? <laughs> no, you'd have fifty of them. <laughs> oh, okay. In that case, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> that would be awesome. I love Bad Hair Day. I mean, when people ask me what's my favorite Al album, I default to Running with Scissors, but really, it's tied with Bad Hair Day. Those are the two that you kind of hear when you talk to Weird Al fans of my generation because that's what we grew up with and to this day those two albums are just perfect to me love every song on both of them I couldn't think of a better album to go double platinum (laughs) absolutely Bad Hair Day is just a great album it really is it's got the Amish Paradise on there The Night Santa Went Crazy Gump everything you know is wrong I mean this album is just a great album and it is totally deserving of being the first Weird Al album to go double platinum in the u.s one thing i will say also about bad hair day is i love the order of the tracks not that i dislike the order of the tracks in other albums but there's really a great flow to the album when you're listening to it it's like you go on an adventure from amish paradise all the way to the night santa went crazy it brings back so much nostalgia because you know before mp3s and ipods and iphones you pretty much listen to stuff in order So this is one of those albums where the order is very important to me. Yeah, I mean, I remember when this album was released back in March 12th, 1996. I remember actually the days before I was like trying to find as much spoilers as I could (laughs) about this album. And I remember that there was this entertainment weekly show that went on and they kind of told us, oh yeah, I was going to be doing a parody of Coolio and U2. And I was like, oh my God, you know, it was like just needed to hang on to that little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Al was very good at keeping spoilers away from this album. This was before, like, albums leaked out, you know, days in advance. People had copies of them, you know, like, three days before the release date. So I just remember, you know, running to the music store and, like, picking this up and, like, looking at the back and going, all right, what do these songs mean? Because this is also (laughs) at the point where Al wasn't, you know, always straightforward with what the title was. You know, like, Amish Paradise, I could figure that one out. Right. You know, but, like, Cavity Search? Yeah. What's that a parody of? You know? Gump? Okay, I could figure that one out syndicated (laughs) incorporated all right that might be the soul asylum parody you know (laughs) so i was really excited to listen to this album hear who al was parodying and what songs he was parodying because to me there was no spoiler for this album i heard it the first time straight through and i loved it and speaking of bad hair day it was the first album of our guest this week, Scott Rogowski. He's a comedian. He's a host on the DAZN Network. Without further ado, here's Scott Rogowski. We're so excited to be here with former host of HQ. He is Emmy Award nominated. So excited to welcome Scott Rogowski. Scott, how's it going? That's right. Emmy Award nominated. Did not win. <laughs> but it's an honor to be nominated. That's more Emmy Awards than I've been nominated for. Previously, I was an Emmy Award watching. Right. Uh, now, this, this, this is better. That's no, a good upgrade. Yeah. So, Scott, you and I, we, we had a couple chance run-ins this past summer. Yeah. We, we were both on the set of Mark Norman's pre-pilot thing, and then I ran into it at the Forest Hills Weird Al Strings Attached Tour. Yes. That was a fun show. Is that the first time you saw Al live? No. I had seen him twice 
previously. Uh, I think the first time was at Radio City. Oh, cool! A few years back. Ooh. Yeah, that was a great. That was a great show. And then he, well, maybe that was the second time. I can't remember what came first. Was the and then he went to the, the Beacon, with the the acoustic, uh, you know, the originals tour. Right? Was that Apollo? It was oh, the Apollo, Apollo Theater. The Apollo. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was up. Yeah. I remember it being uptown. Yeah. So I saw. <laughs> So that came after the Radio City show, right? Yeah. Yes. You know what's crazy? Yeah. Dave and I have been to those three shows. <laughs> well, I, I I don't think it's that crazy. You've been to almost every show. Well, that's true. That right? That's true. <laughs> <laughs> but you, yeah, you guys tour with them. Yeah, the Dave Hill mentioned you guys tour with Al the way people tour with the Grateful Dead or Fish. You, right. But uh, you know what's strange about that is does he doesn't really mix up the set list too much, does he? Not really. But hey, you know it's a lot of fun to try and find the differences between the sets. <laughs> <laughs> Because the whole idea, like, I tour with fish. I'm a big fish fan. I, I wouldn't say I tour with them, but I've seen them over 30 times. And wow. uh, they are, uh, you know, they're the type of band. They play a whole new show every single time. And that's that's the fun of it. Guessing the songs, guessing the set list, who's set one, set two, the closer, the encores. You know, there's so much fun in, in deciphering and, and, and predicting the songs and the sets. But with Al, I mean, it's a great show, but <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand how you do it. Uh going to see the same thing every night but god bless you guys <laughs> yeah i kind of liken it to you watch a tv show and if you enjoy that show you watch that episode over and over again yeah. it's right. very similar to that but there, you did mention though that about the different shows and the one tour that he did have the different shows was the show that you saw at the apollo on the vanity tour and that one he was playing all originals and what did you think of that? And did you have any songs that you were really excited to hear? Yeah, that was cool. I, I've enjoyed his originals. I mean, I think I think I was drawn to the parodies first and foremost, I think like most people are. Right. But once you get into his oeuvre, and, you know, <laughs> good word. <laughs> biggest biggest ball of twine in, in Minnesota is such a great song, and uh, just you know, great song as a song. You know, the the story song, which you you really don't hear a lot anymore on the radio. I mean, like. You know, it's got shades of the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald or, you know, these epic, long story songs that it's got a good beat. It's got hilarious lyrics and, you know, it's just got a nice crescendo with a chorus. And uh, so that was a fun one to hear live. And yeah, I mean, that, that was that was a fun show because, I, you know, a lot, some of those songs I hadn't even really heard or remembered hearing. Uh, so it was nice to it was nice to kind of get acquainted with them in that way. Yeah, and then of course the strings attached here with the orchestra. I mean, that was just unbelievable. I'm I'm sure it was an yeah. amazing thing to see after, you know, having seen Al twice. You saw him with the full band in Radio City. Then you see him, you know, with the toned down show at the Apollo. Then you see him with right. the biggest tour he's ever done. I mean, that's a really good cross section. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. So I remember when you were hosting HQ, I, I mean, I only played when you were hosting, let's be honest. <laughs> and there were always a lot of Weird Al questions, or maybe it just seems like a lot because those stick out to me. But, you know, where did those come from? Uh, well, we, we had, um, you know, a nice team of writers and researchers who put the questions together. And lo and behold, uh, you know, comedy writers are fans <laughs> of Weird Al Yankovic. And, and, you know, there's the... Yeah, yeah. I just think there's 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 a nice crossover between um, the type of person who will be writing questions for a trivia show and a Weird Al fan. <laughs> there, there's you know there, there's even the, the Jeopardy. You know, I, I, I lost on Jeopardy. Right. Uh, there's that connection. So uh, he's got his own game show crossovers. But uh, yeah, I, I would I would attribute it to just the fact that you know I think 
Weird Al appeals to a, a smarter audience, uh, definitely a, a more intellectual crowd. You know, nerdier is a word that's thrown around, but I think nerdier has some negative connotations. Um, certainly, uh, certainly more on the more intelligent end of the spectrum to appreciate a, a good parody and to appreciate his wordplay and right. uh, you know the, what he does is his songcraft. I think I think you have to be uh, have some modicum of intelligence uh so you know those types of people are also playing trivia and writing trivia turns out last year when al posted that he won an hq round were you surprised did you know he was playing yeah that was crazy uh there's so there there, there are so many people turned out who were playing hq i still find out today i mean i was on a this is the other end of the, the nerd spectrum you know i'm also a sports sports fan i don't know if you guys are but uh i was i was on a flight last week and Mark Sanchez was sitting next to me, who was the Jets' first-round pick like 10 years ago. I mean, really top, top football player. Uh, you know, when he was playing right. for New York, he was like the, the guy, the Sanchez. And <laughs> I'm sitting next to him, and, like, you know, we, we started talking. And you know, when, it, when it came to light that I was the HQ host, he's like, oh, my God, I played that all the time. He called his buddy <laughs> up and everything. So, you know, you know, Lance Armstrong was playing HQ. Wow. Um, the Evanescence lead singer oh my God. was playing <laughs> HQ Josh Groban was playing HQ, uh, you know. So and then Weird, when Weird Al said he won, I mean that was, yeah, that was a, a very proud day for me. I mean, it was it's so hard to win, and it's you know Al winning just shows his genius, right? Oh yeah, he is a genius. I, I do wonder. I haven't spoken to Al uh, since I had him as a guest on my talk show, Running Late, which I assume we will be talking about a little later. But you know, at that when yes. I did that a few years ago. That was before HQ. So I, I'm curious to, to know if he made the connection when he was playing a, HQ. Oh, yeah, I did that guy's talk show with his dad in L.A. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if he's made that connection. Al, if you're listening, it's me, Scott Rogowski, the same guy that did that uh, DIY talk show at the Virgil back in February 2017, I think it was. So there you go. I would have to imagine that Al made that connection. I mean, he's a smart guy. He's good at that kind of stuff. Yeah, but he does a ton of shows. He's he's so generous with his time. He, he he'll do so many podcasts and live shows, and you know he, the fact that he even responded to do that show was so so incredible and so surreal for me as a fan to all of a sudden yeah. be talking to him. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, just the nicest guy, and uh, the fact that he's playing HQ. I mean, come on, man. It, 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 it's, <laughs> you know, to to give back all the hours of entertainment he gave me. If I can give back even fifteen minutes to him. I'll consider that a fair trade. Oh, totally. I mean, I feel like that's probably why you left HQ is because you're like, my work here is done. I, I've had Al win. Al watches it. Like, now I'm going to go on to better things. Yeah, you know what? It's kind of, I mean, listen, I, I accomplished so much with that show and, and I was able to reach so many people and it got to a point where, you know, the, the numbers started to go down and, uh, yeah, it, it's a pretty fair assessment. I, 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 I felt like I did all I could possibly do. <laughs> I would love to hear about your show running late, of course, but also your experience interviewing Al. Well, yeah. So that was, uh, you know, running late to show I've been doing since 2011 uh, with my dad as my sidekick. And it started very <laughs> humbly and modestly at the Pitt Theater in New York with uh, probably about 30 people in the audience. And I, my, my first guests were, you know, friends of mine, essentially, or people I'd acquaintances in the business I kind of reached out to as a favor to do the show. I had Joe Mandy doing stand-up. 
I had uh, some some guys, uh, Eric and Jeff Rosenthal, who are, do like a they actually do, are kind of like a hip hop weird Al in a way. They do something called "It's the Real," hmm. and they do kind of hip hop parodies and ended up recording their own original songs. And uh, Jim Tazi, who was part of the PFFR Collective, who worked on Xavier Renegade Angel, hmm. that show on Adult Swim. So yeah. you know, I just like you know these these are these are very talented and creative people. Um, and, uh, you know, but they were the, they were the biggest celebrities I could think of at the time. They were the biggest celebrities I had access to back in October 2011. <laughs> then fast forward six years and, you know, you do the show and you, you build up connections and yada, yada, yada. I'm in L.A. and I've got Weird Al Yankovic on the show. I have Joe Manganiello on the show, uh, Reggie Watts, Andy Kindler. Uh, you know, those L.A. shows were phenomenal. I went back to L.A. I had Sarah Silverman, Nick Kroll. So, wow. uh, it, it just, it yeah. just goes to show if you stick to something, um, you know, you'll, you'll just, you'll, you'll hopefully build on that and, and keep improving and, and getting bigger and reaching more people. But, you know, having, having Weird Al, I, I guess I, again, it's all about connections. I reached out to, uh, I believe it was Dara Gottfried, you know, Gilbert Gottfried's wife who had Weird Al on the Gilbert Gottfried podcast. And I was friendly with Dara. I've had Gilbert on my show and I mm-hmm. said, is there any chance you can connect me to Weird Al's people, his managers. And so she did connect it to his manager, Jay, and uh, had a nice email exchange. And so listen, I'm coming to L.A. I know he's out there. This is my chance. And can we make it work? I'll bend over backwards. I'll, I'll schedule the show around his schedule. Right. <laughs> and uh, it's kind of what we did. You know, I just found a night that worked for him. And he had the box set. I think it was one of the first people to promote the box set. Oh, cool. It was very early, very early in that promotion. But, uh, yeah, we've definitely mentioned that on stage. And. Listen, I mean, he's an L.A. guy. He grew up right there in Linwood. And, you know, uh, I had his Google Maps of his house. We were talking about his childhood. And it was it was it was a you know, I I like to do my research and and dig deep. And I think he appreciated how deep I went with uh, with his personal life and his career. That's so much fun. And and I mean, how did your dad like it? I mean, you know, there's so few guests that my dad actually knows. Yeah. Uh, So (laughs) has even heard of. But he knows what a Weird Al fan I am. And uh, so for him to witness that and to sit there, um, you know, I mean, my dad's the reason I kind of got into a lot of this stuff. Not not necessarily Weird Al, but, you know, he had Alan Sherman records growing up. And Alan Sherman, of course, uh, the proto Weird Al, the, kind of the, the gateway to that, the Semitic Weird Al. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the Meshuggah Al, if you will. He was also he was also Al, you know. So right. uh, Alan, Alan Sherman. <laughs> My, my son, the folk singer and all those records and um, listening to that at first, uh, you know, is what kind of led me into parody uh, songs and, and, and really comedy. So uh, that was very special. My dad, you know, I'll tell you this story just backstage at the Virgil where we had the shows in L.A. You know, I, I was there a couple hours really. We we're setting up the stage and I don't, I don't have much of a crew. It's a lot of me just, you know, lugging the stuff around and setting up the, <laughs> right. the projectors and everything. And um, I, I think I was, I was wearing a tuxedo that night. I think I was just so excited for the show and I wanted to, to dress up and I'm backstage and, and, and I'm just talking to my producer, my dad. And, and all of a sudden I turn around and there's Al. He just, he just somehow materialized <laughs> next to me. He's like, just, you know, Hey, just so unassuming. He kind of slinked in. No one noticed him. And of course, you know, you notice him with his hair and everything in his, his, his shirt. And he just turned. I was like, oh, I cannot believe Al's sitting here and just very shy and and kind of, hey, yeah, I'm just. Uh, he's like, yeah, I'm, 
I'll do whatever you want. Just, uh, just got here a little early, you know, hang out, <laughs> you know, just, just so, so oh unassuming. And I, I just couldn't, couldn't believe it. Like this is, this is his interest. You know, this is the guy that I've been idolizing my whole life. And all of a sudden I'm standing next to him. So we have some great photos backstage. Um, just kind of shooting the breeze with him and yeah, man, just, uh, yeah. I, I still think about, I still think about that night quite often. And what was really special too, I'm not sure if I put did I put the video of this up yet? I don't know if I have video of this online. Were you able to find this on YouTube or no? I can't remember. I had so many people filming these shows and all the footage is sitting on these hard drives and I can't tell what got edited and what got uploaded or not. I know there's a big chunk from those shows missing, but hopefully I can track this down because uh a friend of mine from Toronto, Aaron East, who's a bigger weird Al fan than I am, this guy you know, lives and breathes them and when I had Al on the show when I, when I when I when I when I booked him, Aaron reached out. He said, "Oh, can I? Is there any way I can ask him a question?" So I had Aaron like record some really deep cut nerdy questions, and uh, in, in a funny way, and, you know, he kind of made it a bit like kind of stalkerish, you know, uh, <laughs> just very personal questions, and uh, and we played him on on the show, and and, and Al was kind of taken aback a little bit, but he, he you know he got the joke and he was loving it and. Aaron was loving it just to know that Weird Al saw his questions right. <laughs> and was interacting with him via video. That's so great. Yeah, oh, I yeah. I haven't seen the video, so if it is out there, ah, I'm not aware. Right. Of it. I'd love to see. I'm going to make it my mission to uh, to get this footage and and get yes, it up online. Yes, we'd love to see that video. Another thing that you uh, do is you host Change Up on DAZN DAZN, the sports network. And I'm a big Major League Baseball fan, so please tell me what this is all about. Oh, great. Well, then uh, you'll know that the baseball season's practically <laughs> over. We're, right. we're in the playoffs <laughs> right now. And because of that, uh, there is there really is no change-up for the playoffs. We don't have the rights to the games. But in the regular season, for the, for the, for the six months of the regular season, we were I was hosting five nights a week, and it was a live whip-around show showing you, you know, the uh, zone paid for the rights to air every game of the regular season. And we would basically bring you all the biggest moments as they happen live, sometimes in the two box or three box, you know, wh- wherever wow. the action was, yeah. you know, uh, Mike Trout was up. We're going there. Cody Ballinger. We're going there. Yelich is up. We're going there. You know, the best players, the be- biggest moments, Acuna, but you know, if there's a no hitter going, well, of course we're going to watch that. So, um, that was a really fun gig. I have one more show. We're doing a World Series preview on October 22nd. But other than that, I'm off for the next six months until I uh, I renew with them. If if I if I uh, if if that's going to be my next course of action, still figuring out what I'm going to do after the season. But I had a really good time with Adnan Verk, my co-host, and um, I would like to to come back and continue working with them. So um, we're going to uh, yeah hopefully i'll be back next opening day and uh it is a subscription service it's an ott thing one of the thousands of streaming services you can choose from these days but if you are a baseball fan and if you're a boxing fan or a fight sports fan i definitely recommend subscribing to the zone because they also have mma rights uh and and canelo alvarez boxing and, and a lot of the big boxing promoters so you get all that included in your subscription oh that's cool yeah that's really cool yeah I wanted to ask you about your you have this Instagram account called Quiz Daddy's Closet. You're selling off your shirt collection for charity. Yes, yes. This is my <laughs> my my new passion. Well, you know, the vintage clothing is a new passion. That's been a passion okay. for 20 years, but now the passion is extended to selling the stuff because I have so much of it. And uh it's I'm truly drowning. Yeah. 
in uh, my inventory. And, and the sick part is I'm, I'm sick. I, I have a sickness. I realized this. I kind of admitted to myself recently. I'm a, I'm, I'm a hoarder when it comes to this stuff. And I continually purchase more. I was thrift shopping this morning, for example, in Mount Vernon, New York. You know, like spending my time, you know, an hour of my time just sifting through clothing. And what did I find? Nothing too great. You know, I'm, you're not finding a lot of great stuff these days. Uh, I, you know, the, the peak thrifting was like 10 years ago, you know, 15 years ago when I started. I mean, my goodness, I, I, I can't imagine the stuff I passed up on those early days. But nowadays, you know, you get stuff from like the 2010s and 2000. It's like 2002 is considered vintage now. You know, I have to wrap my head around that. So if there's, <laughs> if there's anything cool from like 2002, 2003, I have to kind of keep my radar up. But I'm, I'm a purist. I'm still thinking the 80s is really vintage. Um, you know, 90s still even seems new, too new to me. But um, in all my thrifting, all my years, I have to say I have not come across a Weird Al shirt, and it really bums me out. My friend Perry Shaw in Philadelphia is a huge T-shirt collector, okay. and he has a UHF shirt, original UHF shirt. Oh, I know the he's white got one? it. He, yeah, oh, and he might great. have a few others. Yeah, he's got a great <laughs> collection. <laughs> I don't know if he's, you know, if he's thrifted them or bought them on eBay or whatnot. He does some of that too, but um, I, I try to stick mainly to uh, finding them in the wild. And you know, it's it's kind of the the luck of the draw. Whatever you get, I I have some great shirts, but uh, Weird Al has eluded me. Wow. Well, we got to get you some Weird Al shirts. So okay. I so I I need to understand. Are you only selling like you're skimming off your collection, or are you selling your collection? Well, look, my collection is thousands and thousands deep, truly. So, you know, I, I have a personal stash that I that I sort of, uh, you know, I, I keep to, in my rotation in my in my drawer. Yeah. Uh, the, oh, the so you're wearing. Wear. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and I, I'm trying to like cycle some through and wear, you know, wear some of the shirts that I that I've been keeping in storage for many years. Um, right now, I'm wearing a late show with David Letterman shirt that you know I hadn't worn in, in quite some time. Cool. I have a late night with David Letterman shirt that I wear more frequently, but this is a late show in the, in the classic Navy. So I've got letter, I've got Letterman covered. Um, yeah. So I, I have to, you know, I just have to get rid of the, the excess. There's just, you know, and a lot of this stuff is I bought things over the years with the purpose of selling them. You know, I have things that are smalls and kid sizes and extra, extra larges. I have things in every size and just about every taste you yeah. could possibly want biker shirts you know, vacation shirts, um, you know, diet, Dr. Pepper and, 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 and seven up and all kinds of sports shirts. And, you know, I mean, everything, everything you could possibly want. I, just, I have it just about so, except for weird Al, unfortunately, Sam Kinison. I have Sam Kinison shirt. Um, That's cool. got some other eighties, uh, comedians, but, uh, yeah. All right. So no weird Al, but, but are there any Hawaiian shirts? Oh Yeah. Definitely have some right. Hawaiian shirts and, and a lot of shirts, you know, touting Hawaii as a popular destination vacation. <laughs> I think that qualifies for yeah. Weird Al fan. Yeah, counts. Dave and I both are, I, I guess we could say hoarders of Weird Al collectibles and memorabilia. So we can definitely understand that desire to, to find stuff. At least for me, my collection is not organized. Dave is organized to a T. How do you keep your stuff? It's mostly in boxes, which is uh, kind of sad because, you know, they don't see the light of day generally. Now I have them all, you know, I'm trying to get them on hangers, putting them on racks and putting them in the store because I do have a pop-up store also that I'm, that I'm working on. So in addition, to, in addition to the Instagram, Quiz Daddy's Closet, I'm also fortunate enough to be 
popping up at the old Matt Umanov guitar space at 273 Bleecker Street. And depending on when this podcast comes out, I, I, that pop-up may dissolve because it's dependent on the next tenant coming in, which could happen any day. Mm, okay. So I will stay there as long as I can. And I'm also actively seeking another location because I don't want to give this up, man. Having my own store it is a dream come true, uh, you know, a retail dream. Like, I, I, I truly believe that there's this mercantile heritage deep within my soul and, and my spirit. And, my, <laughs> you know, my, my, my grandfather sold potato chips and I have great grandfathers and uncles who had shoe stores and ran movie theaters. <laughs> So it's like, you know, opening up the store, turning the key and, and, and turning the lights on in the morning and walking in there. It's a it's a deep seated thrill for me. And uh, I want to continue doing this, man. I, I may just th- give away, throw away the whole comedy career and, and, and uh, get get to the brick and mortar business. I think that's the way to go in 2019. <laughs> that's the future. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I'll call it brick and Morty. What do you think? Yeah. Hey, I love, love it. it. <laughs> Well, I was recently watching TV, and I was surprised to see you on Penn and Teller Fool Us. Oh yeah, you you were you you and all the elderly <laughs> members of my congregation at the Community <laughs> Center of Harrison. I got more people stopping me at High Holiest Services saying, "Yeah, we were on, you were on TV last night with Penn and Teller." I said, "Yeah, I can't believe you watched that." You know, but, um, <laughs> the CW Network apparently it's their highest rated show, and I, I didn't even know what the show existed when they asked me to do it. Uh, that was, uh, that was pretty weird, man. I'll be honest. Being out there in Vegas, <laughs> filming that thing. I also didn't sign the release, by the way. I can't believe they aired that without me actually signing the release. <laughs> but, uh, I waited around for like four hours and they were t- filming all these episodes in the, at once and, um, finally get up there and, and I bas- I barely said a word. <laughs> they, and, and they throw this VR thing on me. They wouldn't tell me what it was. They kept this whole thing secret. And like, oh, you're going to love it. We've got this big thing playing. You're going to love it. You're going to love it. I'm thinking, okay, great, man. They'll be on trapeze or you know, uh, <laughs> spinning plates or something. I mean, who the hell knows? And then they put these VR goggles on me. So my face is obscured for 85% of the whole thing. <laughs> and uh, I'm wearing my HQ suit. And, and meanwhile, I haven't been on that show in six months. Like, that was taped back in February. Oh, my God, so, really? Yeah, yeah. So, the magic television. Um, Yeah, and I got to meet Chris Hardwick. Chris Hardwick was also there backstage. They were filming an episode with him. Oh, that's cool. Oh wow, that's cool. uh, Got to hang with him a little bit. So that was probably the best part of the whole experience. Yeah, Chris Hardwick, another really big Weird Al fan. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And getting to meet Penn and Teller was cool too. You know, those guys like aren't friends off 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 stage. Like they don't talk to each other. Isn't that wild? They don't socialize. That is wild. Well, Scott, this was such a blast getting to chat with you. Um, we're definitely going to check out Quiz Daddy's Closet on Instagram. People can can get your personal collection of shirts. That's right. I send, I'll send a handwritten note with every purchase. And, oh, that's uh, cool. If you want an autograph, I'll send that along with you. And, you, know, if, you want to tra- if anyone has any Weird Al shirts that they want to part with, I'm happy to trade. I'll, I'll, I'll pull off some oh. trade, maybe. Oh, that'd be oh, great. Oh, yeah, I'll look through my collection. Yeah, so d- DM me. I have a Jeff Dunham shirt. If you want to trade, Jeff Dunham for Weird Al. No, thanks. <laughs> All right. Scott, thank you so much. Uh, this is a blast. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you again sometime soon. You got it. Thanks, guys.
Thank you so much to Scott Rogowski. Be sure to check out the Instagram he mentioned, Quiz Daddy's Closet. That's where you can get his vintage t-shirts that he's selling for Team Lifeline, the charity. Ethan, I love this idea so much. I went through my Weird Al t-shirts and I pulled out a vintage t-shirt from my personal collection to give to Scott to sell for charity. Dave, that is amazing. And also, I thought nothing left your collection once it came in. It's very hard to get something out of my collection. You know that, Ethan. You've tried. I tried. I tried. That's, yeah, I still have the bruises from last time. <laughs> Maybe you could just donate it to my charity, which is the Ethan Collection Charity. You are welcome, Ethan, to bid on it yourself. <laughs> well, if Scott doesn't buy it first. <laughs> I think I'm gonna. You know, that's the one thing that I really don't have enough of in my collection is vintage Weird Al shirts. I think the earliest I have is running with scissors when I started collecting. And I, I may have like a bad hair day or something. But beyond that, I really don't have much. The oldest thing I have is one of those original UHF shirts. But that's pretty much it. But I know you have got quite an extensive t-shirt collection. I have a lot of older t-shirts from the 80s in my collection. I mean, I have shirts from the In3D tour. I have shirts from Dare to be Stupid tour. I have old shirts from, even worse, from Polka Party era. Wow. I'd love to hear about these, Dave. I have a t-shirt even from the premiere of The Complete Owl. Okay, you gotta give me some stories and tell me a little (laughs) bit about some of these. I've seen pictures of these sorts of things. Not necessarily your t-shirts, but some of these are ringing familiar to me, so I'd love to hear about a couple of your favorites since i mentioned it i'll talk about it a little bit the complete al the premiere okay i don't know a lot about this i just know that when i saw this shirt i had to buy it because the back of the shirt i'm going to talk about the back of the shirt first it of says course. it's got the uh it's a blue shirt okay and it's got you know the weird al the complete al logo kind of like a 3d version of it okay and it says world premiere august 1st 1985 cbs fox video music all right so The world premiere, we know, was on August 1st, 1985. And on the front of the t-shirt, it says, Famous Sammy's Romanian Steakhouse on the Lower East Side. (laughs) What? (laughs) So all I can guess out of this shirt is that they had the premiere for the complete owl at Famous Sammy's Romanian Steakhouse. That's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) The fact that that shirt survived from 1985, (laughs) and it's a little worn, somebody wore this shirt and love this shirt you know before i love this shirt and it's a little too small for me to wear so i will never wear it but it's in the collection i absolutely love it i have like some really cool shirts if you remember on one of the centimeter episodes i talked about in florida i met a guy who had a t-shirt from in 3d era and it had dr demento and weird al on it i remember that and then i remember a few weeks or a few months later i was on ebay and i saw one and i loved it and I got bid out by someone. Well, surprise, Ethan. <laughs> you were talking to the person who outbid you on that t-shirt. See, you should have just told me you were bidding, and then I would have not bid, and then maybe you would have got it cheaper, and you could have bought me a present with the money you spent. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know how much I love that shirt, because you listen to our centimeter episodes. So you should have known I was going to bid on it. I was just hoping you didn't see it. <laughs> it's basically weird al the in 3d cover but inside the frame is also dr demento and he's holding a you know 45 a a vinyl record and it says you know weird al yankovic and underneath it says dr demento on it and on the back it says 1984 tour of the universe in 3d it's like one of the ringer type shirt where it has a red collar and red on the sleeves you don't have to describe it to me dave i i know that shirt very well thank you very much (laughs) for the longest time i didn't know but i had an in 3d shirt in my house and i was not aware about it 
<laughs> How is that possible? In 1984, a tour of the universe in 3D shirt. Basically, yeah, I've been married to Jackie. And one day we're going to a concert. I don't remember what concert it was. And she puts on this shirt. And I look at it. And I go, where did you get that shirt? She's like, I've had it for like the longest time. I just don't wear it. But I'm going to wear it for special occasion. I'm like, after this concert, I'm taking that shirt from you. It's going to my collection because I don't have that shirt. That's a reminder to, to all the men and women out there. Go through your spouse's laundry and see if they have anything that you want to take for your own. I mean, we had been married for several years at this point, And I had never seen her wear this shirt. Obviously, if I had seen her wear it, I would have taken it earlier. Right. So basically... She kept this shirt a secret from me all these years. <laughs> did she intentionally keep it a secret or did she just think you probably already had one and didn't need to bring it up? She probably assumed I already had one. Okay. But, like, I'm like, that's my shirt. I'm taking it. <laughs> but you let her wear so, it that night, right? I did let her wear it and I said, you make sure that you take good care of that shirt because that is a vintage shirt. <laughs> I can just imagine like someone with a wine glass walking near Jackie and you like diving in front of her. I wrapped her up in bubble wrap yeah. so no one would go anywhere near her. I made people stand at least three feet away from her on all sides. People are like, man, her husband's super protective. Like, nope, just of the shirt. Just the shirt. Just don't hurt the shirt. That's amazing. So the in 3D shirt that came out on this tour, the Strings Attached tour. Yeah, the like the Dustin Stranger Things shirt is what they kind of call it. Right. Yeah, that's actually based off an, an actual shirt that was 1984 Tour of the Universe shirt, a blue shirt like that so i actually have the original as well as the new version nice they did a pretty good job of replicating that shirt obviously the newer one is a lot nicer but right right <laughs> they, they do i have shirts from dare to be stupid and some of the cool shirts like there's shirts that are actually like sleeveless shirts no way and they're really cool like there's like this blue shirt that's basically the cover of dare to be stupid and it's sleeveless and it, the back says uh the stupid tour 85 <laughs> and it's got on it all these like fake tour dates since you said you have some of the bad hair tour shirts yeah oh i totally remember those those fake dates (laughs) on the back well he was doing this way back in you know 1985 as well it's got some really funny ones on the back of there you know it's like happy hour at sizzler number three (laughs) mr frank's house of pancakes and bondage (laughs) that's so amazing he sold out from september 5th through october 5th shea stadium in new york City. oh of course i remember that That's so cool. I de- I have seen pictures of, of that one, so I know which one you're talking about. Dave, I'm curious. Do you have any shirts from Polka Party? You know, I don't have any official shirts from Polka Party. For some reason, I've seen pictures of them, like in the old Close Personal Friends of Al newsletters. Yeah. But I have not been able to track down a Polka Party shirt. But I do have one shirt that is a Polka Party shirt. And this is another one of those where I don't really know the story behind it, but I came across it and it said, I have to take it for my collection. (laughs) (laughs) So this one was put out by a radio station, Power 104 KRBE FM. Okay. And TV5 in Houston. And it says on the front, like in the little pocket area, there's no pocket on this shirt, but in where the pocket little area would be, it says, Weird Al's Polka Party. And then on the back it says Power 104 in giant letters. So I don't know if they were doing promotion for Polka Party or what, or if Weird Al was there, but that is my Weird Al Polka Party t-shirt. That's awesome. I would have picked that up if I saw it. That sounds really cool. So Dave, Polka Party, okay, that's that's kind of an obscure shirt. It's not a real Weird Al shirt like you said, but Weird Al's on it. What is your most obscure 
worst shirt in the collection. All right, so there is this venue called Toad's Place in New Haven, Connecticut. Okay, I've heard of that. I've seen a couple Weird Al shows there early on. It was like a standing room only club, so he doesn't really play there anymore. He's totally outgrown it, but it was a great place to see a concert. And they had this venue-specific t-shirt, and on the front is the logo for Toad's Place, New Haven, Connecticut, and then on the back is every single person up to that date that has played in Toad's Place. Wow. <laughs> of course, I checked, and of course, just to make sure, but before I bought it, but right. Weird Al is, of course, listed on there because he's played Toad's Place, I don't know how many times, but a lot. And just, just like everybody on here, it's really kind of cool just to kind of see the people who've been on this back shirt. I mean, there are a lot of people. It's like tiny little font. You need a magnifying <laughs> glass. Be like, hey, come check out this Weird Al shirt. You pull out like a microscope. Here. <laughs> That is so cool. Dave, I definitely need to see more of your shirts. We got to talk about shirts again because they're so interesting. There's so many out there. I've barely scratched the surface of the shirts that I have. I also have a couple shirts like I have from the Even Worse era. And it's, you know, the fat t-shirt and the album cover, the Even Worse album cover. I mean, I have an entire dresser full of just Weird Al t-shirts. No way. I was wondering how you stored them. <laughs> I love hearing about the shirts. Next time I'm over there, I gotta see your Weird Al shirt collection. Absolutely. Dave, last week we teased with the upcoming release of the Breaking Bad movie, El Camino, that you and I were gonna cast Breaking Bad with UHF characters and vice versa. Let's do it. Ethan, this list was so hard. <laughs> <laughs> it was so hard. Oh, man. You know, I think what we'll do for time, let's just go through our top four people and... If anyone wants to hear our full list, they can become a supporter and they'll hear the whole list. But for now, let's just go through our top choices. Okay, that sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Walter White. Start with the big gun on Breaking Bad. Who would you put from UHF as Walter White? All right, this choice, I thought long and hard, Philo. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that works. I So, okay, so I put... George Newman is Walter White. And I know they're not necessarily the same personalities, but I think it would work. <laughs> it's not even close. Oh, George Newman is a good guy. Oh, Walter White on. is an evil man. <laughs> not that Philo's evil, but Philo's mysterious. <laughs> anyway, okay, so I put for George Newman, Saul Goodman. Interesting choice. Actually, on our <laughs> Facebook poll, Saul Goodman was leading the first George Newman. I went a totally different way. Okay. I told you George Newman is a good guy. I feel like he's an all-around good guy. The only person in Breaking Bad that was a really genuine good guy. Sure, he did a couple little Weasley things, but Hank <laughs> Schrader. Okay. Yeah, that's that's a good that's an interesting choice. We definitely have to put a wig on him, but yeah, it gives <laughs> that's a good choice. They can do amazing things with makeup. <laughs> that's true. All right. Okay. So back to Breaking Bad. Jesse Pinkman. I put Stanley Spadowski. <laughs> can you just picture? Just thinking of my list, George and Stanley cooking meth together. I just <laughs> that'd be amazing. All right, this choice is really out there. I felt that throughout the entire Breaking Bad, Jesse Pinkman was really just a loser and a bum. So I cast <laughs> the bum as Jesse Pinkman. Oh, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so for for the sidekick in UHF for Bob, I picked Hank Schrader because, you know, Bob is played by David Bowe, David Bowe. 
He's bald. Hank's bald. <laughs> it just, it made sense, okay? <laughs> she did it for the physical resemblance. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> actually, I think, actually think that's a good choice. I think Hank Schrader would make an excellent Bob. I felt Bob was the ultimate sidekick, and I felt the ultimate sidekick in Breaking Bad was Jesse's sidekick, Badger. Oh, I okay. Badger as Bob. <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> All right. I I feel like we're going to... We're going to agree on this one because this was the easiest one for me. Gustavo Fring. Oh, yeah, by far. This was the this was the this was the uh, the easiest choice by far. This one was so obvious to me. R.J. Fletcher, the evilest man in UHF. Yeah. So R.J. Fletcher is Gus and Gus is R.J. It has to be. (laughs) Okay, we're in agreement there. (laughs) All right. Now now this is where we're going to separate again. Uh, Saul Goodman in Breaking Bad. Who from UHF did you put as Saul Goodman? I put Stanley Swadowski as Saul Goodman. Okay. That I mean, that is not crazy. <laughs> yeah, they're both these kind of quirky characters. No? <laughs> I went a little crazier. Oh. <laughs> For Saul Goodman, I put Cooney. <laughs> <laughs> because Cooney, he hosts the game show. He's very enthusiastic. You know, he, he supplies Saul Goodman. Come on. <laughs> That's a good choice. Stanley was also very enthusiastic. Yeah. You got to admit, right? Oh, I agree. I agree. <laughs> All right. And my last one, since I didn't cast Stanley. So UHF, Stanley Spadowski, played by Jesse Pinkman. <laughs> you know, he's a, he's a little dull, but, you know, when he gets into his activities, he, he excels and surprises people. So I, I think it works. <laughs> he's good at one thing and one thing only, yeah. just like Stanley. <laughs> he's good at mopping and being a, a television host. Jesse's good at one thing, cooking meth. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right. Well, we did it. Those are our top characters. And like we said, if you want to check out our full list of everyone from Breaking Bad and everyone from UHF, we have a secret episode just for our supporters coming to you soon. So stay tuned and we'll give you all those details. We want to thank all of our listeners and especially those who subscribe. If you like this podcast, please subscribe. It means a lot to us. We're on iTunes, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify, everywhere you can stream podcasts. And you can check us out on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We're at 2000inch. You can find us at 2000inch.com. We got a Facebook group and use hashtag 2000inch. Don't forget, you can always call us at 347-SPATULA. That's a real number, 347-772-8852. Leave us a message anytime, day, night. It's always open. We love hearing from our listeners. We might even play your message on the air. And don't forget to check out our Strings Attached bonus episodes where we review every concert we saw on this past tour. And of course, a full episode every Wednesday. Can't wait for next week, Dave, number 24. It's our two-foot show. (laughs) That was Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al Podcast, episode 23-inch. If you want to trade, Jeff Dunn for Weird Al. No thanks. (laughs)